This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan, and I am so glad to be back with you for another podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in. And if you are listening to this as soon as it releases or in the general realm of that time frame, I'm sure you are like all of us experiencing the sort of roller coaster ride of the current health crises. And I am committed to showing up for you, showing up for anyone who really wants to be a little bit more grounded, who really wants to make the best of a circumstance that in many, many ways is sort of outside of our control. And so, you know, this podcast episode and really all of the episodes I've been doing over the past um, week or so have really been focused on lasering in on what you actually can control given that we are literally in the middle of a pandemic. And so today is no exception from that purpose. And I'm so excited to talk with you about how to be extraordinary during a crisis. Now, this topic came to me um, Saturday morning. I'm recording this late Sunday evening, but it came to me Saturday morning and it just like poured out of me. It leaped out of me. I was scrolling on social media and seeing so many comments and so many thoughts and just seeing how people were not being extraordinary, how people were being, I guess what we would consider like ordinary and normal, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's no judgment. There's no you know, no ill feelings. It's really just an observation. And I just thought I was like, what if we could use this crisis as a moment, as an opportunity to just be extraordinary? And by that, I mean, outside of the norm, outside of ordinary, you know, this is really making the conscious choice to not get sucked into the social norm of how people are responding to this, but to really sort of elevate ourselves, elevate our thinking, elevate our minds in such a way that we sort of soar above that and choose the path of extraordinary, even in what can be considered a very, very difficult time. And 
I didn't, you know, rush to record this one because I'm still juggling <laughs> my children. And so getting a quiet moment where I could actually have no noise in the background to actually record this for you has uh, been hard to come by given some other things that I've added to my schedule to support some of my other clients. But I'm actually so grateful that my schedule unfolded the way that it did because I am now recording this after what many of you may already be familiar with as what I'm just going to call like the DJ nice phenomenon. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to tell you because I think he is an example of being extraordinary in a crisis. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know the full backstory. I just caught wind of it, again, being on social media like so many of you, where late Saturday, I just noticed my news feeds filling up with comments about club quarantine and this DJ who was hosting the biggest virtual club party like ever. And I had missed it <laughs> by the time I saw those posts, but I followed him immediately and kind of understood on a basic level what was happening. So my understanding is this guy is a DJ. He may even be from like the New York area. Um, he's a DJ. And so he obviously is not in clubs, <laughs> DJing parties right now. And he decided to just do what he does on Instagram and started an Instagram live stream of him just playing music and encouraging people to dance and encouraging people to be in the atmosphere and the environment of celebration. And it caught on like wildfire. I think the first night that it happened, Michelle Obama and Oprah were like in the club, quote unquote, that's what people sort of say. And all these celebrities were like there cheering him on. And overnight, I don't know what his following was prior to this, but when I tuned in today, which is Sunday, um, at the time of the, recording this podcast, he had over a million followers. And so I joined in on this live stream club quarantine. And within 15 minutes, he had 100,000 people logged on, rocking out, enjoying, jamming to just him doing what he loves. And as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I love it for so many reasons, because even in this current crisis, as a life coach, as someone who is in the helping profession and as a believer, I feel like this is my time to shine. Like this is my time to do what I've always been doing, but to do it at a higher level and to serve people who are in really in need of the things that I know and the skills that I have and the tools that I use. And so same with DJ Nice, like he just did what he loved, what he knew to do. And he offered that as his service and contribution to the world. 
And I'm certain that he will reap ripple effect rewards of just making the best of a difficult time. And so he is like the perfect example of what I had already conceptualized and had some notes about in terms of how to be extraordinary in a crisis. And so if you are on Instagram, I highly encourage you to follow him and to tune in whenever he is doing his next show um, and really just be a part of this movement. And it, it was just such a beautiful thing to see so many people logging on today who just wanted him to win. They were just like, let's get, I think on Saturday when he did it, he had like over 100,000 people. And so everybody today was like, let's get 200,000. Let's get, you know, like they were just so unified and supporting him in serving them. And it was a beautiful thing to be a part of. I had such a fun time dancing to the music that he played and just being a part of what I really consider an extraordinary, you know, door that he created for himself in the midst of this crisis. So as we engage in this conversation about how to be extraordinary in the middle of a crisis, I'm going to frame it and share with you sort of five distinctions. And the distinctions are really the things that I see that differentiate people who will be part of the norm, right? Just part of the what everybody is thinking, what everybody is feeling, what everyone is doing. And for lack of a better word, I'll just call that like ordinary. There's nothing wrong with it. It's the norm, essentially, versus what it would look like to be extraordinary during this time, meaning rising above what everyone else is doing, what everyone else is thinking, and elevating your mind and activating your faith and just operating at the highest level of you, right? So much of what I teach and want to help you do is to just become the best version of you. And I think that every single day, every single moment gives us the opportunity to do that, even in what can appear as a really dark and stressful time. It's still an amazing opportunity for you to just rise up to be your best. So the first distinction that I have noticed a lot is the distinction between scarcity and abundance. And so the norm right now is to feel scarce, especially when it comes to finances or buying food at the grocery store or toilet paper at Costco's or wherever, where it's sort of like people hold on very, very tightly to what they have. And that is the norm. It is like everywhere you scroll, people are worried about their job security. They're worried about their money. They're worried about their investments. They're worried about depleting their savings. They're worried about not getting chicken at the grocery store or eggs or whatever it is that they feel like they need. And so whenever you are in a scarcity mentality, it's almost like you just have really tight fists and the mindset is there's not enough. And so I can't be generous. There's not enough. So I can't make, you know, 
any crazy decision with what I have. I have to hold on to what I have and that is it. And so I want you to just imagine that in this very normal condition of being in a scarcity place, you have your hand and you're balling it up into a fist. And I want you to just like do that right now. Like hold your hand as tight as you can, ball it up into a fist and just notice what that feels like. And it probably feels tense, right? It probably feels like tight and constrained and it's very limiting, right? I want you to just like hold your arm out where your hand again has continued to be balled up into the fist. Just hold it out in front of you and notice everything else around you, around your fist, right? So you're holding your arm out with your fist balled up and I'm going to assume like an entire room is surrounding your hand, right? Like it's suspended in air and everything else in the room or wherever you are is surrounding your hand. And I want you to think about that open space in the room that you are in as abundance, meaning there's so much space, there's so much available, but when you're in the scarcity mindset, you're literally closed off to it. And I believe that being extraordinary during a time of crisis is really tapping into abundance. And what that looks like is you make decisions from a place of what you want and what is possible versus making a place making decisions from a place of what you fear and what feels like is probable. Right? So when it comes to money right now, right? If you work in an industry that has been negatively impacted by the pandemic, then it's going to feel like it's highly likely that you're going to be making less money or that your, you know, your time is going to be cut or your salary is going to be cut or that there's going to be some scaling back of the financial resources available to you and your family. And so when you believe that is probable, when you fear that happening, your actions align with that and you're balling your fist up versus if you want to step into being extraordinary and having an abundance mindset, you focus on what you want. And so the desire underneath the fear is that you would have everything that you need. And you would step into the possibility of that being the case. And you wouldn't worry about something, first of all, that has not happened. But instead, you would focus on the possibility that at the end of the day, no matter what happens, you are taken care of. And that is where, again, you will have to lean on your faith and you will have to lean on the word of God, which already promises you an abundant life. And abundance looks a lot of different ways, right? You can be abundant in your health. You can be abundant in your relationships. You can be abundant in joy and satisfaction and contentment. And you can be abundant in your finances as well. And so I want you to just think about for yourself, like, where are you now? Are you in the norm of having the scarcity mindset? 
Or can you step and lean yourself into being extraordinary and consciously choosing to have an abundance mindset? Okay, so that's the first distinction, scarcity versus abundance. The second one is emotional escape versus emotional equipping. Okay, so what is emotional escaping? Emotional escaping is all the things we do to distract ourselves to not feel any negative emotion. So maybe you're feeling a little bit anxious. Maybe you're feeling a lot anxious. And instead of equipping yourself to manage your anxiety, to understand your anxiety, to learn from your anxiety, you do things to escape it. So examples include being on social media all the time, maybe even overly consuming information. It can look like eating a lot. It can look like drinking a lot. It can look like sleeping a lot or just vegging out on TV where you really are not tuned in to what is happening and you're not doing anything super productive to move yourself forward. It's sort of like you're just in this cycle of like, let me just not feel these emotions. Let me distract myself with something that feels entertaining or fun or, you know, just as an escape. And that again is the norm. Like none of this am I saying is wrong. There really is no judgment because I can even say for myself, like I've noticed like, wow, I've been on social media a lot more than I normally have. Like, what is that about? And so if you find yourself in that norm place, you want to just get curious about it. Like, why are you trying to escape your emotions? Why are you distracting yourself with things that maybe one, you don't normally do or things that really don't add any value to your life? And Instead, you know, if you want to lean into and to rise above and to be extraordinary during this crisis, you would start thinking more about how to equip yourself emotionally, right? So even for me, once I started noticing how much time I was spending on social media, what I realized was really happening was I was looking for connection. And this this pandemic has happened at a very interesting time for me personally, because it's also in the middle of Lent. And so for Lent, I have made a commitment to myself to not listen to podcasts, to not read audiobooks, to not, you know, consume a lot of outside coaching. And so this meant I was turning off a lot of other voices that influence my thinking and my frame of mind and opening myself up to have God's voice be louder than anyone else's. So as a coach, I love coaching. And so I'm always consuming coaching content. I'm always consuming something put out by other experts. And I wanted for this time of Lent, especially for God to just be my primary expert, to really get quiet and tune into myself and tune into him. And so what I realized was that being on Facebook was just this escape for me 
and desire to connect with people, to hear like someone and, you know, connect with what they were thinking because I had cut off those other aspects. And I wasn't using the time productively to truly tune into God as I intended to um, before all of this happened. And so, you know, noticing that and being curious about it in wanting to rise above, I then could make different choices. And so that is what I've done. So, you know, I've been listening more to sermons and I've been reading the Bible more and I've been just noticing the presence of God giving me peace during this situation. And so that to me is equipping myself. It's putting things into my arsenal that feed me emotionally, that strengthen me emotionally, that ground me emotionally. And so for you, I want you to just think about like, are you escaping your emotions by eating and vegging out and doing mindless activities? Or are you directing your energy in the ways that will fuel you and fortify you and strengthen you for this difficult time, right? So that's number two. The third distinction is short-term planning versus long-term planning. And this is something that is operating in our lives like way before COVID-19. But I think it's something that we really just need to be conscious of. And it really kind of ties to the scarcity mindset because Right now, it seems like what we need to focus most on is what is in front of us right now. And to some degree, that's true. But you never want your short-term priorities to ruin your long-term priorities. Let me say that again. You never want your short-term priorities to ruin your long-term priorities. And I think as a culture... It is very normalized to focus on the short term. Like if you want a new car, you focus on getting that new car and don't always think about what it's going to be like to maybe have a car payment when there are other things you want to be doing financially. Or maybe you make an investment in purchasing the home of your dreams, right? And you become a little bit house poor or you have a large mortgage that now doesn't enable you to have flexibility in other areas of your life, which may be part of your long-term goal. Or maybe you're going on a lot of vacations right now um, because you deserve it, you work hard, you need the escape, but haven't fully seen how those choices now will impact your ability to retire when you want to retire. So this is something that is happening and operating in our lives all of the time, especially when it comes to financial decisions. And so I want you to just think about like, have you fallen into the norm and the pattern of just thinking about things for the short term? Like, what is it that I need to do right now? And maybe you're putting all of your baskets into your short-term planning versus long-term planning of really asking yourself, well, how can I take care of this immediate need now without sacrificing what it is I want to be doing in the long-term? And so I can even you know, give you examples of this happening related to your marriage, right? Like right now, the focus may be let 
us just get through this. Let us just survive this next couple of weeks or months and then we'll put in the energy and the time to get things right between us. And again, that's just kind of trading the short term at the expense of the long term because what if you really need the help right now to even be able to make it to after this pandemic? And so it's something that I really want you to think about for yourself, like, and to really just like your reasons, whatever you come up with, whatever your priority happens to be right now, consider it in light of what it means you're also saying no to and really be true to yourself about those reasons and make sure that that is a a sacrifice that you really truly want to make and that you're consciously making it versus feeling like it's the only option you have right now given the state of things because you actually do have a choice, right? You always have a choice in how you spend your time, how you use your resources, what you do, Um, and right now it's feeling like everything is just now, 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 short term, short term, short term. And maybe the longest term you're thinking about is like two weeks from now when your food runs out. Um, but don't, again, don't do that to the neglect of what you want when all of this is over, because it is going to pass and things will return, return back to, some sense of normalcy, some sense of what it was like before. You won't be working from home forever. You won't be homeschooling your kids forever. And so let's keep that in mind and build for that as well while we're also taking care of the short-term needs. Uh, The other piece of this, um, the fourth distinction that I want to share is is similar, an extension of what I was just mentioning, in terms of the norm and sort of the ordinary thing to do is to plan for the worst case scenario, right? Like, if you were a heavy consumer of the news or information related to this pandemic, I'm sure you were being bombarded with the worst case scenario. Um, and that would be normal, right? The news exists. <laughs> the news is so popular right now because that's what it does. It heightens those thoughts, right? Of like, what if, and the what if is like a negative thing. And so it's very normal and we've been conditioned to always just think about and plan for the worst case scenario. What I'm suggesting, again, if you were looking to sort of elevate yourself in the space of crisis and to be extraordinary, is that you plan for the best case scenario. What would be the best case scenario for you specifically right now? I really want you to think about that. And it's so important because, you know, I'm just coming off a couple of weeks ago from doing the Well-Made Woman event, which is all about creating a vision for your life and then identifying like the one big goal that you are going to focus on that will make that entire vision that much more likely. And so I'm coming off an experience of coaching people and getting people excited about what's possible for their life, those best possible case scenarios. And now we're hit with like a major world crisis. And this is the time where the rubber meets the road, where you get to decide, are you now going to 
you know, distract yourself from that bigger vision for your life and focus on this worst case scenario and just trying to survive what's happening here? Or are you going to keep that best case scenario in your mind and just decide to thrive? Decide that no matter what is happening with COVID-19, like your dream for your marriage, your dream for your life, your dream for your career, your dream for your business, your dream for your health, your dream for your finances, whatever it is, are you going to choose that that is still possible and plan for that being your reality? I really want you to just think about that. Like, How would your day be different if you were planning for the best case scenario as opposed to the worst case scenario? Now, I'm going to be honest, right? When you are sort of riddled with fear and anxiety, one of the exercises I do with my clients and is the previous podcast, um, I think two podcasts before this one, um, episode, probably episode 57, where I talk about processing the worst case scenario because it's important to do that because it doesn't go away from your mind. And so once you can know that you're going to be okay either way, then you don't have to have so much fear and so much anxiety around the worst case scenario. And it frees you up to play with and entertain the best case scenario. Okay, so I'm not saying ignore it, but I am saying to really look at what you're actually planning for, right? So episode 57, when we talked about processing the worst case scenario, is really an exercise in calming your fears down to prove to yourself that you would be okay in the worst case scenario. Never did I offer that you should actually plan for it, right? So what I'm saying now is do that, right? Do that work and Make all your actions in alignment with what you want. Keep your eyes focused on your desires, what you want, what is possible. That is how to be extraordinary during a crisis. And then the fifth distinction that I've been seeing a lot between what is the norm and then people who sort of elevate themselves to the level of extraordinary is the difference between looking for external solutions to your problems versus internal solutions to your problems. So businesses are closing. Like that is a fact, right? And so the income that comes from the business normally is now not available. And you know, maybe you're in an industry that's deeply impacted by this pandemic and maybe you're concerned about your finances. Maybe you're concerned about how you're going to pay your mortgage. Maybe you're concerned about how you're going to do some of the things that you really need to do. And the norm that I've been seeing a lot on social media is people looking for the bill collector, whoever that is, whether that's your mortgage company, whether that's your child's daycare, whether that's your utilities, right? Whatever the case may be, they're looking for those external entities to provide the solution, right? They're looking for a deferment in their mortgage. They're looking for the daycare to not charge them. They're looking for, you know, no interest on their credit cards. And some you know, some bill entities are doing that and great for them, right? Like that's wonderful. But if you want to rise to the level of extraordinary, 
right? You're never looking for someone else to be the solution to the problem. You're always looking inside of yourself where, how can I be in control in this situation? If they're going to defer my mortgage for three months, what do I need to do now to make sure that when that three months is up, I am prepared to pay everything that they're going to ask me to pay? What is it that I can do now? Where can I generate income now? Where can I pull from now? What can I do now? And I think that is a really, really important thing to just ask yourself, like in this crisis, are you looking for the government to be the solution? Are you looking for, you know, something outside of yourself to come in and swoop down with the answer? Now, that's not to say that those things can't happen and shouldn't happen. But if you're looking for that to be the only solution to the exclusion of what you can do, of where you can be empowered and where you can be in control, then you want to question that, right? You want to think about like, how can I be in control of this for myself? How can I position myself to win even in these very, very dire circumstances and situations right now? So, in summary, right? Because I gave you a lot. This was a lot. <laughs> I know. Um, the distinctions between the norm and extraordinary in the time of crisis are the difference between having a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. The difference between practicing emotional escape versus equipping yourself emotionally to be prepared and stronger. It's the difference between short-term versus long-term planning. It's the difference between planning for the worst-case scenario versus the best-case scenario. And it's the difference between looking for external solutions versus internal solutions. And so, you know, it really is my hope to challenge you even in a challenging time, right? Like this is not the time to cave into your fears, to be the victim of your anxieties. It is the time to rise up and just be extraordinary, even in the midst of a lot of uncertainty, even in the midst of a lot of, you know, worry and concern, you can still make the conscious choice to just be extraordinary, to just rise above it all, to lean into your faith, to lean into your growth, and to lean into the person that you are ultimately destined to become. Like that person is available to you now and applying some of these principles in terms of how to be extraordinary during a crisis can really, really help you get there. All right. Thank you for tuning in. I do want you to know that I just have so much love in my heart for each and every one of you. And I am praying for you. I am praying for your safety. I think many of you who have reached out, um, who know that my husband is in the medical field, so he is a frontline responder to much of this. And I appreciate your prayers, of course. We are so grateful for God, to God for his covering and for keeping us all safe. And we expect that to be the case throughout this entire journey with COVID. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of my life. Thank you for being a part of my community. And I do sincerely 
sincerely hope that this particular episode has added some value to your life and helped you to think about how to elevate yourself even in the midst of a crisis. I'll be back with you very soon with an all new episode. Until then, make it amazing. Make your life amazing and extraordinary. It's absolutely within your hands to do it right now. Bye for now. I'll be back with you soon. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.